0: Welcome on in, WIP Daily, Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone everyone listening, subscribing, and following the podcast. Of course, you know what time it is. It's time for NFL picks for week 14 in the NFL. This is the point of the year every year. I'm like, man, let's appreciate every single NFL game. Yes, even when there's backup quarterbacks and there's totals out there that are like, you know, low 30s, let's appreciate them all because you know it as well as I do The NFL season moves fast. It is almost, the regular season is almost over. And we'll be clamoring for this when it's like early April or late March or, you know, mid-May or whatever it is. And it's like, man, I can't wait for the NFL to come back. I can't wait for this weekend. Can't wait for the games. Obviously, huge one. Eagles, Cowboys, Sunday Night Football. All right, my five best bets for week number 14 in the NFL. And I don't want to jinx it. But I'm on a little good roll here. Four and one, two weeks ago, three and two. Last week, seven out of the last ten. We have hit here if you're following along and want to maybe uh, make a little, you know, a little extra cash before we get to the holiday season or replenish what you're spending for everybody anyway. So let's try to hit some here. I don't think it's an easy week. Not every, not you know, some weeks like three or four or five stood out to me from the jump. This week it's a little trickier. The backup quarterbacks make it trickier. Wet weather, wind everywhere across the NFL this weekend, though not in Dallas for Eagles Cowboys, which you give that a good feel and a good good, true representation of the game, that's a little bit different. So as we we talk through this whole thing and we, and we get to the best games and the best ones to pick, you got to watch out for that. Watch out for the weather. Watch how it changes the totals on these games, especially as we move closer. You know, more weather reports will come in. It's all really, really important stuff. And as far as the five games go, game number one, let's dive into it right now. I'm going to take a team that I was actually impressed with after writing them off. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals. Plus the one and a half at home in game number one over the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, a couple things on this. Jake Browning showed me something on Monday night. He really did. I liked what I saw to Browning and, and the Bengals offense. They built something in. The RPO game, quick hitters out of his hands. He was not overwhelmed by a pretty good Jaguars defense. And now he gets to go home and face the Colts. Colts are good. Get a lot of sacks this year and they have really been one of the more surprising teams in the NFL because they're doing this with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. But I'm going to fade them. I'll keep fading the Minshew thing. I don't know how he keeps doing it. I don't know how they keep winning. I'm going to fade Minshew on the road here. I'm going to take the Bengals plus the point and a half. No Jonathan Taylor. Minshew is not a guy in his career. When his team, you know, the opponent scores more than 20 points, he rarely wins. He's 2-16 as a starter. I think the Bengals, what I saw last week out of Browning, will find a way with their weapons to get over 20 points. And... I gotta say, Zach Taylor, who I've never really been the biggest fan of, he did do this once before. You know, in 2020, they beat the Steelers as 14 and a half point underdogs without Burrow, and they came back again, then they won the next week without Joe, beating the Texans as underdogs. So they've done this. I won't be surprised if he wins this football game. Both teams off overtime. I think that even sticks out a little bit. Obviously, the Bengals played a Monday night overtime game, but both teams off overtime. Game in Cincinnati, dome team outside cold weather late in the season. Are they going to win two games in a row in that kind of condition? I doubt it. Give me the Bengals plus the one and a half, and then they're going to upset the Colts in game number one and put a little monkey wrench, another one, there's a lot of these, in the AFC playoff picture. All right, game number two. And I know, I know, it feels like a ridiculous, ridiculous thought to say, you know what, damn it, I am going to put minus three on the Cleveland Browns with Joe Flacco as quarterback. But I'm going to lay three points with Joe Flacco as quarterback. It feels crazy. But a couple things here. With Browns over the Jaguars, I'm taking the Browns minus three. I wish I took the game when I saw the game first on the board last Sunday night. It was Browns plus three. And obviously, it swung six points the other way because of the Trevor Lawrence injury. I also think wind, cold, Jaguars on a short week on the road is going to impact things here. But a couple things. Number one, I actually thought Flacco played okay last year, uh, last week. I, I, you know, he threw a pick at the end. That game kind of got out of hand against the Rams. I took the Rams. I'm not surprised. But I thought Flacco played pretty well considering he was off the street or off his couch. I didn't think he played terribly. Number two, the Browns' pass defense has been incredible this season. Fifth fewest pass yards allowed through 12 games That's 1990. And they've only allowed 81 first downs by pass through 12 games. That is the fewest for any team since 1990. This is one of the greatest pass defenses the NFL seen in 30-plus years. They get to face C.J. Beathard. Okay? A lot of times when the Jaguars do have big passes, it's a perfectly thrown ball by Trevor Lawrence. That will not happen with C.J. Beathard. No Christian Kirk in this game, so it's a le- one less weapon for C.J. Beathard. Short week to prepare after coming as a starter for Lawrence last week. Now, the Lawrence thing isn't, as I record this, fully set in stone that he's out, but I would be shocked. The line is telling us, common sense is telling us, that Trevor Lawrence is very unlikely to play in this football game on Sunday. Um, you know, he, I'm reading these stories about him, You know, talking about how he took the card, he didn't want to take the card, all that. Um, Ian Rapport reports he doesn't think they're going to put him in harm's way. He did some drills. I just don't think there's any way that they're going to play him. Now, by the time you listen to this podcast, if that changes and they put him in, I would stay away from the game unless it flipped all the way back around. I I do think there's a chance the Browns could cover the three the other way. Just keep an eye on the Lawrence thing. But at this number, without Lawrence, I'll take the Browns. If Lawrence comes back and they send us all the way to plus three, I would still take the Browns. I think the Browns have a really good chance in this game and add this one in. I mentioned it last week when we faded the Browns against the Colts. I mean, it was against the, uh, the, the Rams. Their home and road splits on defense are among the most ridiculous I've ever seen in my life. Home defense for the Browns this year. They're averaging 10.3 points per game allowed at home. 10 on the road, 30.7. I don't know what's going on. I'm not accusing anyone of side stealing or whatever, but that's ridiculous. You know, we had something here in, in um, Philadelphia with Schwartz, 2017-2018, Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator of the Browns, that was kind of similar to this. They were way better here in Philadelphia than on the road, but 30.7 compared to 10.3 – is enormous. I'll take the Jaguars plus me, the Browns minus the three, even with Flacco a quarterback for game number two. Game number three, we're going out west. Give me the Broncos plus the two and a half as a road dog, slight road dog in Los Angeles against the Chargers. I think the Broncos are just a, a better coached football team. And, and it really, I think it's a coin flip kind of game. I will call this a loser goes home match. The loser of this game is not going to make the NFL. Postseason, the winner has a real chance too as a wild card, and I like the Broncos. This their defense since week six, seventh in EPA per play on defense. They were dead last in the NFL the first five weeks of the season. First eight games, they allowed a seventy-three point six completion percentage, which was third highest completion percentage through eight games in the Super Bowl era. Since they've allowed a completion percentage of only fifty-six point three, the lowest in the NFL. Their defense has totally turned things around. They create turnovers. And the Chargers always play close games. I mean, 21 of the last, what, 30 games have been within a touchdown. So this is a good tease spot. Even if you're not fully with me on the Broncos, you want to tease the Broncos up to eight and a half. I think you're in good shape there. But I'll throw one more thing in. Teams traveling from a road Eastern game, that's the Chargers last week in New England, they didn't play very well in offense, to a Mountain or Pacific game. So back out to the West. 24 and 78 against the spreads since 2015. Under 500 each of the last couple seasons. Close game. Chargers always play close games. Better defense for the Broncos over the last few weeks than we saw in the beginning of the season. Better coaching Sean Payton. And I just feel like this will be a game where the Chargers blow it late. Give me the the Broncos. Plus the two and a half to keep their playoff dreams alive moving forward in the AFC playoff picture. All right. Game number four. And I can't, you know, I can in some senses, but can't in others believe where this line is moving. I'm going to take on a very very short number. The Kansas City Chiefs to bounce back and cover at home minus the one and a half against the Buffalo Bills. You know, I I understand that Buffalo's got a lot of metrics their way. A lot of metrics that you you can you can make the case that in some areas they've been better, certainly offensively, than the Kansas City Chiefs, who have, you know, had a ton, a ton of issues getting over twenty one points a game. They had issues last week, uh, an interception lane that game by Mahomes against the Green Bay Packers, but I think there's a little bit of an overreaction here to what is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I recognize Kansas City has struggled, and we know that offensively, but the Packers are a good football team, and they're moving towards being a really good football team as we get towards the postseason. I don't think that loss last week was shocking. I I took the Packers in our picks last week on this podcast to win that game or at least cover the number. I thought they could win the game, so I, I don't think that's a terrible loss. I thought two weeks ago their offense responded, and I still think Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes will figure it out. It's a top defense. Plus, look, in this matchup, typically, what happens? The Bills play the Chiefs, and the Chiefs find a way to win. I mean, that's it. And Josh Allen's on an interception now in eight straight games. I don't believe the extra time's really going to help them much at this stage of the season. I believe the Bills are still a team ready for someone to bury them. They're they're solid, they're good enough. They'll probably be the team. Are like, man, how they missed the playoffs? But I, I still don't believe they're going to just turn this thing around like that because we want them to, or because the NFL is like, yeah, you know, the idea of them being good is good for the league. And certainly, you know, all the quarterbacks out in the AFC, they have a shot. But I don't believe it. Mahomes has 29 passes dropped this season, most of any quarterback in the NFL. The, there's, they're, they're getting open uh, more than they're not, and I think that will even out as time goes. And let's talk about this because I think it's important. Mahomes has played five games where he threw an interception and had 225 pass yards or fewer in the game before. So f- five games, he's coming off a really poor game, and you could count the game against the, the Packers as a poor game by his standards. In the next game, like the next five spots, the games following those five games, he's 5-0. and and it covers the spread by uh, 13.5 points per game. This is a bounce-back spot in a big way against a bad Bills defense. Let's not forget that. I think what forgetting is they're on a bye. The Bills defense stinks. It was good. It's not good. Too banged up. No one in the secondary. I believe the Chiefs offense explodes. And Allen puts up some numbers but throws a pick, adds to it. Chiefs win this game. We're like, man, that was only 1.5. We got a good, good number. Give me the Chiefs 1.5 in game number four. Game number five, the final game. I don't want to do it, but I want to win, and I want to bet where I want to win, and we're going to give you a pick to win. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 3.5 over the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this is a big Cowboys spot on Sunday. It's another bad rest disadvantage moment for the Eagles as they are you know, a second straight game going up against a team that's off 10 days rest. Meanwhile, they just played last week. And a couple things that just stand out. Eagles right now worse in the NFL on third down defense. The Cowboys offense is averaging 40 points per game at home. In terms of a betting perspective, Jalen Hurts way better in Philadelphia in his career. 17-7-1 against the spread at home. That's second best out of 96 quarterbacks that have played since 2020 behind only Tua. On the road or on neutral site, obviously, it would be the Super Bowl. 10-14-1 against the spread. 92 of 98 quarterbacks. He's ranked 92nd. So he's the second-best quarterback against the spread at home. He is the 92nd-best quarterback in the NFL on the road since 2020, which is really remarkable considering you would you don't think about the splits that much. But the Eagles cover more at home, and they do not on the road. And, look, when a team that is as good as the Eagles – record-wise, is listed as a dog this late in the season. Last week at San Francisco, this week at Dallas. There's a reason for it, whether it be the spot, whether it be injuries, whether it be the matchup. The, you know, you're not going to just set a team that's as good as the Eagles as a dog for the heck of it because anyone with a brain, if they were you know, really the better team or the better spot in the matchup, would just bet on them and take the free points. There's a reason for this. Dallas is in a good spot in this game. And plus, right now, just keep it simple. Dallas has the better defense. Dallas has home field. And Dallas has the quarterback playing at a higher level. Dak's playing at a higher level than Jalen Hurts. I do believe this game goes a long way to determining MVP. Hurts wins. He's back to the favorite. Hurts loses. And I believe this goes down to Dak or Purdy. It really does. And can Dak overtake Purdy, who will have a lot on his side, likely, as the number one seed? One more thing to throw in. I know a tough week for McCarthy with the appendectomy. And no one thinks he's a big, big, big big-time coach. He has been good on extended rest in his career. The extra time helps Mike McCarthy. He's 39-22 straight up against the spread, uh, straight up 39-22 with extra rest. He's 35-23-3 against the spread with extra rest. So that could be a big advantage given him the 10 days versus Sirianni and his Eagles coaching staff right now just on the one and one little note to talk about. And I do think playing the Cowboys in terms of their point total and their spot in this game is a good one they start to incorporate more motion into the game. Their offense, I've seen it more the last four or five weeks than I really ever remember it before. It could be a huge, huge thing in this game. The Eagles have been terrible against motion. We saw Kyle Shanahan and that offense put them in a complete and total blender last week. Watch out for that, especially CeeDee Lamb moving across the line of scrimmage. It gave the Eagles trouble. It probably will again until they find a way to fix it. So to recap, as we wrap up the Picks pod, for week number 14. Game number one, Bengals plus the one and a half over the Indianapolis Colts. Game number two, the Browns. Yeah, I'm laying it with Flacco. And I'm going under the assumption as we record this that Trevor Lawrence is not going to play. Browns minus three over the Jags in Cleveland. Broncos plus two and a half on the road over the Chargers. Give me the Chiefs minus one and a half over the Bills in game number four. Cowboys minus three and a half over the Eagles. Sunday Night Football in game number five. And of course, all these lines, as always, courtesy of my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Best odds, best boosts. Best uh the profit boosts have been incredible. You take it up like 30% extra. It's awesome. And the future's where I'm always betting. Watch out for that MVP race really coming down to the end between Purdy and Dak and Jalen Hurts. Appreciate you guys listening. Have a great weekend. Hopefully a profitable Sunday. I'll be on for the pregame show. Eagles Cowboys Sunday night on WIP.